0: Welcome to the CSIS podcast. I'm Colin Quinn. Today we're back to talking about Syria and this time we're talking about policy. We're going to look at what options, if any, a new administration has when it comes to Syria. We hear from Melissa Dalton, the Senior Fellow and Chief of Staff of the International Security Program at CSIS, and we begin by discussing whether the fall of Aleppo also means the end of America's ability to influence the war.
1: I think it narrows the options for the United States pretty considerably in terms of the objectives of supporting the rebels as an alternative to Assad, at least in the next couple of years. I think it's still possible, should the new administration want to continue to support the the opposition to build out that support in other areas of the country, continuing to push back against ISIS and uh, Jabhat Fatal al-Sham, formerly al-Nusra. But that that's going to take some time, and it's that much harder now that there's been this very strategic defeat of really what has been the, the bastion of the, the opposition movement in Aleppo.
0: Um, we're looking at the Obama administration leaving office. It's a little hard to play um, you know, armchair quarterback on this, but was there a point that the U.S. could have done something?
1: The the options have always been uh very dim in in Syria all along since the beginning of the conflict, just because the United States has not had a lot of leverage um, for, for the duration of the conflict. But I do think the, the pivotal moment of Assad using chemical weapons against his own people documented internationally um, in 2013, that there was a moment um, where the United States could have exerted some leadership um, in carrying out the strikes that it had threatened to do, um, and that that could have created some greater momentum in the country to shift the tide against Assad, and perhaps would have forestalled um, the or served as a deterrent to the Russians
0: eventually intervening in 2015. And one of the focuses obviously has has been not just on the the war between Assad and and rebels, but also ISIS in the country. Um, how far are we along there and how much optimism is there there?
1: That has been the, the priority for the United States and its broader coalition in Syria and more broadly in, in Iraq in the region the, the last couple of years uh, since the fall of Mosul. Uh, the campaign is actually going quite well from an operational perspective in constricting ISIS's territorial control. Um, there is a campaign uh, building to to take Raqqa from, from ISIS, and parts of Mosul have already been cleared. The key question, of course, is what ca- happens over the long term in those areas. What sort of um, consolidation of gains can occur um, at the local level, knitting together local governance and security to ensure that ISIS or son of ISIS is not able to retake that territory.
0: So with the the new the new administration coming in, what would your recommendation be for how hey, they should be approaching this? It's so complex. There's so many different actors. What are some key things that they can start doing that perhaps aren't being done now?
1: I think that uh, continuing to, to push against ISIS, but look at the problem set, um, not as two different campaigns as it is right now, kind of con- separated between Syria and Iraq, but really as a holistic operational effort. Um, and continuing to press hard um, on ensuring that, that we did feed ISIS. And I think that that is an achievable objective, um, again, from purely an operational perspective, but then buttressing that with support for local governance, uh, local stabilization efforts to ensure that those gains don't backslide. Um, in the in the years to come, um, but that there's also an opportunity here, I think for the coming administration um, that has expressed at least in some quarters some willingness to talk to the Russians and to to strike deals with the Russians. Um, the question is what the balance of leverage right now is between the United States and Russia. I, I think that um, right now that the United States is somewhat disadvantaged in that leverage balance. Um, so I would like to see the United States uh, take a Stronger stance versus Russia to see if it can enhance its leverage, perhaps in ways outside of the theater of of the Middle East and Syria specifically, um, through economic levers, through energy levers um, that that will require a level of orchestration, um, bringing in allies and partners that I think will be a bit of a heavy lift for this administration coming in, um, but I think is going to be the necessary recipe to ensure that. Whatever negotiation occurs on Syria between the United States and Russia is one that is consistent with U.S. interests over the long term.
0: What we've seen from the incoming administration from the appointment so far, the nomination so far, is that there's a high military element, a lot of former generals. Uh, do you think then that the policy is going to be a lot, I mean, it's hard to tell right now, but I think the policy may be more military focused. Um, than it was before.
1: I think that with the the nomination of General Mattis, if if he is con- confirmed, actually speaks well for how uh, a future campaign or a continuation of this campaign evolves. Uh, General Mattis has tremendous experience in the Middle East and particularly in Iraq, um, and knows uh, the dangers of solely relying on the military tool. Um, I think he'll seek to sharpen the military tool and and what that is bringing to bear against ISIS and more broadly in the region, pushing back particularly against Iran um, and how it is affected in in the Syria calculation. Um, But I think people like General Mattis that have had the experience of the last 10 to 15 years in the Middle East know that it can't just be a military solution. And I think he will be encouraging of looking at, looking at, Diplomacy, economic levers to to try to tackle this problem.
0: You know, we talked about how the Russia, how Russia and the U.S. are going to need to talk. They're going to need to come to some sort of a deal, um, which they haven't been able to yet. There's been kind of false dawns. But w- what's a good outcome for America? I mean, it doesn't seem that you know Russia has gains much in Syria. It's 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 there's been a big PR boost and makes them look powerful, but the more Syria deteriorates, the less there is to gain. So I wonder what there is, how the U.S. should be looking at, a, at an outcome that, that benefits their interests.
1: I think it's it's setting down a marker in terms of what key U.S. interests are and objectives are with, with regards to counterterrorism, where I think we will share more in common with the Russians. That, that is certainly what we've heard um, our president-elect uh, say and, and members of his uh, burgeoning team um i think the the harder questions arise in terms of uh, us russia competition in the region what the long term Russian ambition is in the Middle East. Uh, they, certainly, they want to maintain their uh, maritime presence in the Mediterranean that is buttressed by their um, presence in, in Tartus in northern Syria. But does, does Russia harbor a, additional ambitions to, to spread their influence in the region? Is that something the United States is comfortable with? Um, from my perspective, I think that we would want to set down a marker in terms of what limits there should be to to Russian um, presence and that there there will be some negotiation on that equally as important I think laying down a marker on uh, the enduring presence of Iranian backed agents in Syria um, incredibly concerning the the buildup of IRGC. A linked presence in Syria and how that could potentially serve as a beachhead um, for attacks against Israel and regional partners. Um, So laying a marker down on that, Um, and and then I think the the broader question of what the political outcome is for Syria. Syria, as it once was, no longer exists, and I think it's unrealistic to think of totally patching the country back together again. Um, So is there some sort of decentralized? political outcome um, that we could all work towards, um, I think, should be the, the long-term end state, um, but will require a give and take um, between the United States, uh, the opposition, uh, Russia, Assad, and, and the Iranians um, that needs to be worked through.
0: Does it—the future includes Assad? I mean, at this point—
1: I think that if if we want to mitigate the risks of there being a long-term insurgency in Syria, I think Assad has to go through some sort of managed political transition. It it seems hard to achieve at this point given that he has successfully secured Aleppo with uh, Russian and Iranian help. But I, I, I don't see the Syrian opposition laying down arms in the near term um, to, to uh, diminish their resistance against Assad. Um, and so I think there does need to be an effort to manage some sort of political transition to, to remove Assad from power. And it will inevitably also affect uh, some of the structure of, of the regime um, that, that has oppressed uh, the
0: Syrian people and we talked a little bit about what maybe the trump administration uh, could or, or should do um, what's the feeling that you have that you get from from congress i know you're testifying there uh, a couple weeks ago what do you think the appetite there is uh, to do something in syria
1: i think that the the counterterrorism imperative is is first and foremost of the minds of uh, of congressional members and and staff i believe also there'll be some additional action taken on or on um, in the coming Congress uh, to address Iranian destabilizing activities, as as I mentioned, um, their their influence in Syria and growing influence and in activities in the region, and their own military paramilitary capability development is quite concerning. Um, so I think how that affects then um, the Syria side of the equation, and I think there's also strong concerns about Iraq um, and how to stabilize the situation there and, again, the Iranian dimension there, which is uh, even deeper than than in Syria. There aren't great options in Syria. None of the, the actions that the United States might pursue going forward are going to be without cost, uh, but that there are also costs of inaction um, and we need to be cognizant of that going forward. Um, but I think a, a policy that just seeks to contain and walk away um, is, is not a prudent one. Um, I think this conflict has proven its ability to uh, overspill the, the bounds of not just Syria, but, but the region um, and threaten uh, Europe and, and beyond. So it, it, it will be a priority for the next administration, like it or not.
0: And that was Melissa Dalton bringing us to the end of our show. We'll be taking a brief break until the new year, and so do join us then. Thanks to all of you who've been listening this year, and I look forward to bringing you more in 2017.